Welcome to the future of NFTs, brought to you by Adlunum, the first engaged to earn proof of attention IDO launchpad. Hosted by co-founder Natya Vester, we bring you exclusive insights on NFTs, the revolutionary digital technology that's transforming the world as we know it. Hey, 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 Web3 World. This is Natya Beste from Adlunum, and you are listening to The Future of NFTs, the show that looks beyond current NFT use cases and dives into what non-fungible token technology is evolving into. All this as seen through the eyes and built by the minds of the absolutely fascinating guest speakers. We are lucky enough to speak to each week and bring live to you. Adlunum is the only IDO launchpad that rewards attention with allocation, which means that our Engage to Earn platform features dynamic NFT investor profiles, NFT allocation fractionalization, and our one-of-a-kind proof of attention allocation mechanism. You can catch the future of NFTs live on Twitter Spaces every Tuesday and subscribe to us on any podcast streaming platform to tune in to any episodes you miss out on. Same goes for our sister show, Diving Into Crypto, which is live every Thursday, same time, same place. So join us for both shows as we speak to thought leaders and change makers in this game-changing, crazy Web3 industry that we are all in. Now, on to today's show, if COVID has taught us, or maybe just me, anything, it's that pajamas are more comfortable than streetwear. Show me a hands up if you agree with me. But it is not a good look to wear your Donald Duck sweatshirt at the mall. However, if you are as clothes averse or shopping averse in general as I am, fear not. No need to hide in your house because you have nothing to wear. The fashion industry is absolutely kicking up a storm in the Web3 space with everything from NFTs and the metaverse being styled to the max and given the trend treatment. You might have seen on the news because there's a new news headline almost every single day that designer brands are embracing the possibilities of Web3 at absolutely rapid speed. And this really indicates that the future of fashion might be as much digital as it is physical. So after a previous episode where I spoke to Eddie Huang, the founder of Fidgetal, this is the first time I'm saying this word out loud, so correct me if I'm wrong, Fidgetal, this idea that digital and physical objects merge, which is this exciting place that we are at at the moment in Web3. So Eddie, the founder and CEO of the sneaker slash NFT brand Crazy Meta, introduced us to this idea of where fashion is going. And so many of you asked for more clothes shop talk. I'm very happy that today we are bringing you exactly that. I am joined by Subham Jain, founder and CEO of XR Couture, for a deep dive into the digital future of fashion. So, hey, Subham, where are you joining us from today? Hey, hey, everyone. Hey, thanks for that introduction. And uh, I'm joining from India, the south part of India, a city called Chennai. 
Lovely. I am in Cape Town, South Africa. I'm attending the Africa Tech Festival. So I'm sending you a semi-warm spring hello from the Southern Hemisphere. I don't know if I'd like to be in India at this moment. I'm happy to be colder rather than hot. So <laughs> enjoy the heat on my behalf and I'll enjoy the cool breeze on yours. <laughs> so just a little introduction about Subham. He's definitely going to tell us more about himself as a creative entrepreneur, his background is actually as an architect. He has been closely associated with an award-winning Singaporean uh, architect, and they have collaborated on planning and executing large-scale building pro projects. So I'm very curious then to get into how he's gotten from that world of the physical aspects of building physical spaces into an arena since 2020 where he has been leveraging his 3D spatial skills for a different purpose, ensuring that users look good in virtual spaces in the metaverse. So if you would like to ask a question, do DM your question to the Adlunum Twitter handle at Adlunum INC. Or, of course, you can put in a speaker request at the end and we will get you on the podium when we open up for Q&A. Now, with Exarchiteer, Sabam has created an international digital fashion collection platform. And I definitely invite you to go check out the website. So users on the website are able to really style it up with hip and happening clothes and accessories, whether this is in the metaverse, in games or in AR, VR. So let's hear it from Sabam himself. You started off as a gamer growing up in these digital worlds, virtual worlds that I assume you are much younger than me because I couldn't have grown up <laughs> in those worlds. They didn't exist in my time. So you then went on to become a YouTuber, growing online gaming communities. So tell us a little bit about how these early experiences really shaped your foray into the business world and into where you are today. Hey, for sure, for sure. And um, yes, thanks for having me here today and love to talk about all, all about my past. Um, you know, how I grew out from just a, ch a kid roaming around virtual worlds and then like going into architecture and coming to fashion. So it, it, it kind of like everything fell in place for me. I would say like all these, uh, all the experiences that I've had, everything just probably came together and that's why probably I am here today. So yeah, starting starting with way back in the time, like uh, I'm I'm talking about probably 15 years ago when uh, I was just navigating these virtual worlds uh, such as Club Penguin, Mini Planet, uh, where I used to spend most of my time in. Uh, I like I used to just come back from school, throw my bags, and open my computer so that I could just log into these games and meet my friends. And uh, no, not the friends that I made in school, but of course, the friends that I've made online in these virtual worlds, whom like, I have no idea who they are or where they were from, if they were a 90 year old dude or a 16 year old kid, like, I had no idea who they were, but I just knew for the person for their avatar who they were. And uh, like that, uh, I made a lot of friends over there. I um, created YouTube videos around such games i thought about i basically went around uh, teaching people how to navigate these virtual worlds uh, what they were about 
um you know how you spend time in such games and what you can actually do in such games so there was such a game called mini planet i i spent almost 5 years into that and created more than uh, i i think more than over 15 or 20 youtube videos over it uh, this was almost 10 years ago where um, and and these videos generated quite a bit of i mean it monetized well for me these videos so uh google adsense paid quite a bit for that and which kept me motivated on playing the game and creating more content around it and i of, of course uh, encouraged a lot of other people other gamers to tell that you know to show that okay there is a way you could actually play these games and still monetize and make money out of it so yeah that that's that's how it all started for me and uh, and and in terms of these games of course i spent a lot of money on these games as well um, as earning from them and uh, yeah that's that's been my background I love that because as the mother of a teenager that has spent a improportionate amount of time on the internet and in games and on YouTube I know that as parents you know we are always so worried that where is all of this going to lead to what is going to be the outcome of all of these endless amount of hours that you are spending online and it's just you know it's all going to waste and you should spend your time better so i love the story of how these early experiences really sounds like it shaped you to get to this point where now you find yourself really at the cutting edge of technology in the sense that web3 has all of these incredible possibilities and who knows where the future is going to take us but all of the builders in the space are actively participating and i can hear those threads in you know the early origin story i want to build on that story a little bit and talk about your web3 origin story so how did you get into things such as nfts and the metaverse when did you realize i know you started exarchitur in 2020 but when did you realize okay this is where you wanted to spend most of your time and energy uh you know, back back in those days again like even my parents were bothered like they were like okay where is this guy going i was very bad at my academics i used to like <laughs> i never i never scored really well and uh, my parents were really worried about me what my future is going to be and because i'm spending most of my time on the computer and playing video games and yeah it was it's natural for them to be worried that way and i'm sure it's very natural for you and and i'm i'm a parent today so i i feel the same way probably i would worry for my kid as he grows up and but anyway like today when i have this conversation with my parents about where i am today and what i'm doing today they just you know just this say this at times maybe i should have you know maybe we should have just encouraged you probably in the, rather than stopping you rather than you know locking your pc down or uh, you know locking that room which had your pc you know we should have probably just encouraged you for doing so much more maybe you would have made so much more better today but you know deep inside i just feel like okay this um, you know no matter what uh, they did i would actually just anyways find that key to that room and go log into that pc and still you know play those games so anyway that's yeah that's that's something that uh, i'm i'm sure even your kids probably do that <laughs> they're really smart so yes and uh, coming to the web 3 part of it like in these games again in in mini planet in uh, web in these web 2 games that i used to play uh, i i of course spent a lot of money uh, in these games i used to 
beg my dad for his credit card like just for five dollars and uh, buy some in-game credits so that I could unlock like really good skins, uh, wear them around so that I could just look different and I could just look pro because, you know, I was creating these YouTube videos and I, I didn't want people to just look at me as some um, default clothing avatar guy, but I had to be something, you know, unique and pro. So I purchased a lot of skins there. But after a couple of years, uh, the game the game vanished. The developers, like, they couldn't, like, you know, develop. They couldn't keep up with that game anymore. So they had to shut it down. And just with that, my all the assets, whatever money that I spent, all my YouTube videos, everything, the views started dropping. Uh, whatever I had there, everything was lost. So even if you probably look at my YouTube channel, it was just dead. Like, the last video was uploaded, like, 10 years ago. And uh, yeah, everything went away with that game, and um, yeah, and I just I just went back. I was I was a kid back then, so I didn't know what else to do. I didn't have any. I mean, I didn't have anything next. I, I was just trying to explore different games, but yeah, it was all just Web two back then. But uh, today, after like after playing, getting in those games, I, I always had a creative side of me, and you know, wanting to do something in technology, uh, and then I decided to do architecture where uh, architecture is an industry which is very technically advanced. Like, we tend to use a good amount of technology everywhere. And uh, architecture has been an industry that has adopted to 3D technology since, like, uh, the early 2000s. And uh, when I started architecture in 2012, uh, 3D was, like, an everybody's subject, everyday subject. Like, uh, you need to learn 3D. Like, that's the most basic tool for you to use if you're an architect. And um, and that's that's how clients basically come to you. Like if if you wanna if they wanna visualize a project, if they have a project that they wanna construct with you, the first thing you would do is make a three D model out of it. Let it be a small bedroom or let it be a, a skyscraper. The first thing you would do is construct a three D model, and with that three D model, you would get the approval and then go on about constructing the real life building. And that that's what struck me and. Um, Later, when um, I so my my family is into the manufacturing sector, garment manufacturing. So that's where um, that's why I got introduced to fashion, and I saw that uh, fashion was fashion was like way behind in terms of creating three D items. And uh, I'm talking about 2017 when uh, architecture is like already 17 years advanced in using three D tools, and fashion has just begun. So that's where I realized that, okay, fashion is really way behind this and maybe I could introduce this. And that's that's where I uh, helped my family's business by introducing 3D tools and um, their process of getting a garment approved and starting the manufacturing process. It like, I mean, usually the proto, there's a, there's a period where you need to create a physical sample and you need to ship it to the buyer who's sitting in another continent and that that process used to take about six months. So, but in by introducing that three D file, I could streamline the process within a month's time. So it saved a lot of back and forth shipments, and of course a lot of time and a lot of wastage. So with that, I created my first three D garment, and uh, I realized if I could reduce this six months to one month, and uh, it was pretty new and that's where I started researching more about it. I started learning what else we could do in 3D fashion and I bumped into all of these figures where uh, Roblox was doing so well with creating skins and uh, Fortnite was doing so well with creating skins. 
so and that that is when it hit me that um, as a gamer when i was when i was 10 when i was 12 i used to spend my own money i uh, i used to spend my own money on these skins so that i could look nice in these virtual worlds and um, that's when it struck me if there are people like me who spend like over 50 billion dollar every year on this market maybe i should create and sell it this time so that's how i got into creating digital fashion for games and then slowly the concept of metaverse or uh, nfts and ownership began and that's again where it struck me that okay if a game like mini planet shuts down and you lose all your assets but that's in web2 but today if i have to create something and uh, give proper ownership to my users they would actually buy it and they can use it anywhere like it's there in their crypto wallet nobody can take it away it's there on the blockchain yeah that so is a little too long maybe but yeah no no absolutely i actually want to just take a minute and give a shout out to mom and dad mr and mrs jane i think that uh yeah all your worries clearly were not um there's there's no merit in it because your son has gone on to really prove that there is huge success stories that come from uh just all of that amount of time as a child and a teenager that you did spend on on in these virtual digital worlds so yeah awesome to listen to you and uh, i wanted to just say on that note as a parent i agree that the number one outcome from separating a child from their technology is that they are very quickly going to learn how to pick locks so let this be a lesson to all of us parents that for sure if you are as a child immersed in these kind of uh worlds that really it paves the way to i think noticing opportunities and this is really what i'm hearing from what you are saying is having that ability to understand that this is what technology is at this moment doing in this area that also means that actually i can apply this these possibilities elsewhere and i think that penny drop moment where you realize what wow but actually this is not really being done and perhaps i could be the one to do it so that's really really powerful now i want to get into what you are doing at xarchitecture i love your tagline wear clothes that don't exist uh at at lunum the team since we are all spread across the world we meet in the metaverse from time to time and my avatar has this knack of randomly dressing up in the most fantastical outfits sometimes my fairy wings are knocking people to the ground other times i'm showing up as a warrior ogre princess and i love it because well apart from the weird fact that i'm not actually choosing these outfits my avatar really has a mind of her own i don't obviously dress up like this in real life so it feels as though i'm leading this really fun double life in the metaverse there's flashy me in real life real world there's plain style me now i've heard through the grapevine from someone who has met you in person that you happen to be a very stylish guy yourself now tell me why this compelling urge an architect by training that now are selling clothes that don't exist what is it that exarchitecture is building and why is this so important to you you know the most my my wardrobe is just full of black t-shirts and shorts and just jeans 
I just I just spend my money on sneakers, nothing else, and of course spend money on clothes that don't exist. <laughs> so it's like, um, yeah, I mean, I I believe like I mean in in real world, I just I just need utility clothing. I just need clothes to you know keep me. Uh, I mean, just utility wise, like just a black T-shirt is all I like and all I need. But in the metaverse, I would actually spend in like probably half an hour to get dressed up and you know look pretty unique and stylish in it. But yeah, that, I mean, I mean, thanks for that compliment. Anyway, black T-shirts and jeans are always in style. They would never go. They're a contemporary look. <laughs> so yeah, uh, coming to the part where uh, about the project that we are holding that we're working on. So. we um, so soon when we started like in 2020 we first started off with creating web 2 fits because uh, not everybody was into the metaverse and nft space yet it wasn't really hyped so it was in 2020 where we started uh, creating web 2 clothes like just digital fashion so that people could wear it on their social media so it was like during the pandemic we partnered with a bunch of really talented 3D designers from across the world, and uh, these these designers were just independent designers who were like in a fashion school or who just recently graduated because they were the ones they were the only ones who knew how to use these 3D tools and create something really fantastic with it. So I I felt like there was an urge that you know maybe um, there was this I mean because coming again from a fashion industry where you're uh, manufacturing clothing and you know the kind of waste that is generated. and uh, you also know that fashion is the second most polluting industry in the world because of all the unethical manufacturing processes and all the fast fashion and uh, one of the main leading cause for it was um, influencers and fast fashion so influencers like they don't want to be seen in the same outfit more than twice online like they want a new outfit for each one of their posts and uh, that is where i that is where i thought okay these 3d clothing could actually be rendered onto someone's photograph and uh, they could even post it on their instagram without their followers knowing that this was a 3d clothing because it would look very realistic and it would fit exactly to their body size so that concept actually grew wide and uh, a lot of influencers started accepting that and they started uh, they stopped shopping for one off outfits which they would just use for you know an instagram post which uh, so this digital fashion outfit solved the same purpose and in many cases people used to get more likes and more engagement on these photographs because most of their followers have not seen an outfit that could like defy gravity in real world so or an outfit that's like pretty much on fire so that was like super engaging for their uh, for the influencers followers and that concept grew pretty wide and uh, then we got into the web3 space where we started creating that's uh, our first collection was with decentraland we launched it during metaverse fashion week and uh, so metaverse fashion week was of course a big hit with 70 plus brands participating from all across the globe uh, including some of the top uh, brands such as dolce and gabbana etro elisab and a lot of other digital fashion brands including fabricant so this was a super even probably this kind of an event for a startup for a fashion startup is maybe something that you could probably even only dream about in attending in the physical world like if it were a paris fashion week or a milan fashion week we would probably only dream about attending such a fashion week but in the metaverse it actually happened like me coming from chennai which is not even the fashion capital doesn't even come like as a, it's it's probably considered as a third world for fashion 
and uh, you know coming from here i had the i had the opportunity to showcase during metaverse fashion week and uh, our concept was uh, we of course we didn't want to like you know just tie up with any designer but we wanted to tie up with the indie designers that we partnered with 2 years ago who helped shape you know xr couture and the digital fashion industry so that's that's where our project uh, that's where we uh, jumped into the nft space we created uh, 12 unique designs and um, we sold it during the fashion week so today these 12 designs are available to be worn as a wearable inside decentraland uh as a wearable that you can wear on snapchat using an ar filter you can wear it even on your photograph and post it on uh, instagram you can even bring it to your own environment like a model like an avatar in your space and you know you can interact with it like how pokemon go works and just like that we are adding more metaverse partnerships where tomorrow you possibly could wear it inside of sandbox ovr somium space crypto voxels and many more metaverse platforms to be added So yes we are trying to work towards creating an in- interoperable platform where uh, all of our designs the, the designs that we create you can wear it across web 2 and web 3 platforms That is yeah just such an amazing amazing journey that you guys have taken because I hear you about really the huge concerns of fast fashion um and this idea that i mean i know influencers that really have told me it's no way i can wear the same outfit twice because this is directly going to impact how much engagement i get from the audience because they are only following me for the look and feel that i'm giving them with each new photo and you know beyond just this idea of influences you were saying uh, earlier about you know having the this utility approach utilitarian approach to uh, dressing up and i'm exactly the same you have the black t-shirt and jeans and i have the black shirt and skirt or black dress so and i i don't really wear anything else because well i travel a lot and for me it's incredibly just you know uh <laughs> it's a nightmare if i have to start thinking about outfits so i just look the same every day and then i know that okay there's other things that i need to think about and worry about but now there's this whole new world that is opening up where whatever your concerns are in the real world whether it's you know in some cases a lack of finances even because i mean fast fashion it might be cheap but if you are constantly buying new clothes that's a sizable chunk of your budget that's going to constantly looking and feeling great and also this idea that if you have any sort of concerns about the environmental impact of uh, of fashion i mean i try even to not buy new clothes but rather shop second hand just because i'm so painfully aware of the cost the environmental cost and the labor cost of this monster of an industry that we've created and now you have the metaverse and these virtual worlds where you really can completely change who you are how you present yourself and it's interoperable as you say so you take it with you wherever you go and you really are in control of what you present yourself as to the world now i'm curious do you think that the future of fashion lie in 
NFTs, the metaverse, and these virtual worlds, because it seems that way from how many leading designer brands are really racing to get in on the game. And I saw this, um, who was this, Burberry, uh, they launched recently a Minecraft collection. And I showed my son, who is a huge, you know, I, I don't even know if to say fan, fanatic probably, and he had never heard of Burberry. And he said, well, I don't understand why they are doing this. This makes no sense to me. And then once he started looking through the outfits and, you know, he saw something like a hoodie that looked pretty cool, he was like, okay, maybe I'll wear that. And it was such an interesting moment for me to, to go like, you know, someone who, my son is completely not into fashion at all. He doesn't even notice what he's wearing. But just that merge of his interest with a completely different industry and suddenly, okay, there's a light that switches on. So do you think that this is the future of fashion is to bring this into the virtual world? And also, how do you think this is going to impact the existing fashion industry? I mean, are we going to still see this huge just push for new outfits at the cheapest cost or do you think that there's going to be some positive impact from from moving fashion more into the virtual world well absolutely i mean absolutely like i'm all hands on deck for this and uh, i mean yes definitely a huge shout out to what burberry's done with minecraft i think the monogram could not fit in any place better than minecraft i mean those voxels which is perfect for their designs and it was, it was it was an amazing collab, I must say. So, yes, uh, definitely Metaverse is the next big frontier for fashion. Like, uh, we've, we've known, like, I mean, gaming and fashion is something that has been, like, super well connected. Uh, it, it's been there around for a very long time. I would, I would say probably Sims is probably where it began, where uh, I'm, I'm sure most of, here, most of the people here have uh, played or at least come across Sims and... Uh, in it seems they did provide like really good fashionable outfits and uh, it it branded clothing as well and um, that's that's when like early 2018 i think it was 2018 when uh, louis vuitton partnered with uh, league of legends and that's when the you know the industry was wide awake because when lv does something like everybody's looking and this time it was with a game. So League of Legends is one of the, I, mean, I think they host like a gaming event every other year. And usually this gaming event is sponsored by a tech company such as Intel or NVIDIA. And the kind of goodies that they would get for winning that championship is like um, a laptop or a graphics card. But this time in 2018, it was LV that partnered with League of Legends. And uh, the championship was sponsored completely by LV. And the winners got a trophy that was designed by LV and a trophy case that was designed by LV and skins inside the game that was designed and branded by LV. So when people saw this, brands saw this, they like everybody just woke up. They were like, okay, fashion has been an industry that always identifies culture and wherever culture follows, fashion goes into it. Let it be movies, music and uh, books, wherever, like fashion has always been there. And now fashion has realized that gaming is a very, very important part of our culture. And uh, that is where the next generation is. So tomorrow, if 
probably you want the next generation of users to know about your brand it's it's not going to be over like they would probably stumble upon a giant billboard that showcases what your brand does or a magazine maybe where where, uh, where you have your brand featured but it's more likely that the next generation would come across your brand inside of a game inside of a 3d environment where they're just playing a shooter game with their friends or they may be just hanging out and probably if you have a store around the most popular block that's where they come across your uh, fashion store they'd learn about your fashion brand maybe walk into it and buy that hoodie that you have so that's yeah that's definitely why brands would want to get into it and uh, yeah it is definitely the next generation is not going to be walking down the streets but walking down a virtual metaverse 3d platform and getting to know about your brand yeah what a great answer because i was talking to this with well i was talking about product placement in movies with my son a couple of days ago and explaining this concept and you know as a uh, gen i don't even know what he is probably z uh i don't know we should have another show so i can remember how those things work um and he was saying well i don't understand why would brands pay this much just for you to see i don't know a can of coke in a movie but take that concept into a game and for sure 100% they notice these brands because they are from a different generation where the rules of the of the game have changed completely but now i'm curious because we talk about these major fashion brands and i mean it's not only fashion brands but in every industry web2 industries or even just any other industry noticing what is happening in the gaming space noticing what is happening in web3 do you think that with all of these big designer brands coming into web3 is there still room enough for web3 native fashion projects to survive to thrive or are we going to simply see a repetition of the big guns coming in and just you know gobbling up all of the available opportunities well i would say definitely not um a major reason being that today uh, the digital fa- i mean the ones who are coming up with digital fa- digital only companies digital fashion only companies they are definitely the younger generations and uh, these people know how to navigate about this space they know the the next generation of you know c- consumers but the way the traditional fashion brands see them is just as what they used to see in the web 2 space like the typical consumer but today it's no more about that it's about building a community and uh, you know giving back to your users so the the conception the entire perspective of a marketing strategy the the, the way of doing sales everything has changed and for a traditional brand to get a hang of it in today's space it's it's not going to be like they just hire a bunch of uh, cmos like a chief metaverse officer hire like say five uh, web3 experts in the space and get it done no that's that's not how it works it it has to be a part of their culture it has to and a part of the culture cannot be built by just hiring a new team but it has to be by probably collaborating by the way of collaboration maybe you collaborate with a digital fashion native company so that that is probably their best chance to survive against the the new and upcoming digital fashion brands i would put it the other way yeah that's awesome because i think this narrative that some people have where 
you know, whenever the companies that we already know are at the top of whatever industry that they find themselves in, they have the money, they have the resources, they have the ability to put their fingers in everywhere. But I think what you are highlighting is so incredibly important that the next generation, and I mean, this really is the future of the business world and of all of these different spaces, they simply do things differently. And the same rules for sure don't apply. And I think we've seen a couple of times with different examples where for sure companies have taken exactly that approach. Let's just get in someone who knows about all this stuff, even though our business is completely not in alignment with, you know, where we are trying to insert ourselves. And for sure it will work because we are just jumping on that hype train. And the new generation, I mean, they simply, they'll just ignore you. So it's not about, you know, they're going to hate on you. You just don't exist to them if you're not part of the language that they speak. But I want to zoom out a little bit. Beyond fashion, and I think it's clearly something you've highlighted that exactly as you said, fashion follows culture. So it makes complete sense that where culture goes, so fashion will go there as well. But what do you think is the larger, broader future of NFTs? And how do you think it's going to evolve from, you know, the typical NFT use cases that everyone is talking about today, which, yes, fashion is becoming more and more part of that conversation, but maybe what other avenues do you see the future of NFTs as being? Yeah, so in terms of like, again, uh, about the future, so I'm, I'm sure most of you here would have come across the latest news about um, the way Reddit actually sold NFTs without using the term NFTs. And uh, that's kind of like trending everywhere. So earlier, it was like if you sold an NFT and you shouted out loud that you're selling an NFT, that would make like super big PR. And today, if you sell NFTs without saying the word NFT, that makes super big PR. So that's how tomorrow is going to be, where NFT is just the technology behind your digital collectible. It's an asset that you own on the blockchain. NFT is just a technology, and that's how it should have been done. And probably this is how it is going to be done. So, and, and today it's very natural for any fashion brand and anybody to be afraid of the term NFT is because it is a new technology and any new technology can be scary. Uh, everybody was scared about mobile phones and touchscreens. Everybody was even scared of, you know, just social media, like uploading a photo of themselves online. I mean, like, why would I, I mean, and today nobody cares about it. Like, okay, you know, do whatever you want, but yeah, I mean, not not that way, but whatever. Like, I mean, early, I mean, you get the point, right? So, people are scared about technology, and uh, NFTs. Ninety five percent of the NFTs today projects are mostly scams, and uh, it's just very natural for anybody to be afraid of it. And it's just that tomorrow, how we change that conception. Uh, I, I know a lot of uh, leading gaming companies that today who don't wanna enter the NFT space because of the scams that are going on because of how their uh, existing gaming community kind of, you know, hates it for all the scams that are going around. But tomorrow, again, you don't really have to, like, you know, put it that way. It's, it's just the way uh, you're going to really picture it with your audience. Uh, you just have to sell them a digital asset, which is backed by a blockchain. And uh, that's that's how things are going to be tomorrow. Today, probably nobody, uh, everybody owns a crypto wallet. And they say that, you know, I have these many NFTs. But tomorrow, 
it's just going to be like okay i have virtual assets it's like owning anything physical tomorrow whatever you own virtual is just going to be as normal as what you own today physically yeah i really love that take because i think as you say we are focused so much on the concept of nfts itself and i find it incredibly interesting whenever i happen to mention to someone who's perhaps not in this industry for example that i'm doing the show the the moment they hear the word nfts you see this look on their face where they are trying to decide okay up until now they had respect for me they thought me you know perhaps an intelligent person but now they are really going to have to rethink their assessment of me because really nfts but at the end of the day exactly nft is a technology and what we are now thinking of or have been thinking of as NFTs, the stuff that makes the headlines, the $69 million painting sold. And, you know, then it's just a bunch of little tools on a digital JPEG. Um, People are going to move away from this and get to the point where, yes, You have stuff that you own in the real world. You have stuff that you own in the digital world. And we already have this in other areas of our digital lives. I mean, we already own digital assets. If you think about how much music do we own now, well, nothing before we had all of these CDs and even cassettes before that. And today, I mean, you have a Spotify account and you don't really own anything, but you think of it as yours because you made the playlist. So there's a lot of really exciting things coming up as soon as we start broadening, I think, our horizons in terms of how we think about not just NFTs as a technology, but really all the possibilities of Web3. But I think you touched on this already, um, mentioning scams, mentioning you know people's fears in terms of th- something that they don't know about and they don't understand. But... How do you think we are going to solve this problem of right now, there's quite a negative perception of NFTs. How are we going to get to a point where it really just becomes virtual asset mass adoption? It's actually super difficult. I face through this like every day and I have this conversation with my, I must tell, but I have this conversation with my grandfather and he like, reads the newspaper every day he sees that there has been some kind of crime in this crypto space and nft space and he tells me to like you know just stop whatever you're doing just join your you know join join your family business like i mean you would you know i don't i don't want the cops to come at our doorstep and arrest you <laughs> and i gotta like you know explain him what i'm doing and i'm not the 95 percent part but i'm the five percent part of what you know the industry is going to be tomorrow. So it is a challenge. It is a bigger challenge when you have to explain it to the olders. And uh, of course, um, there will be more education to it. There will be more when the bigger companies come and do it the right way, uh, just like how Nike did with Artifact Studios. So there would be more bigger companies. And I think, yeah, that would probably be the day where, uh, you know, when when the big companies come in and actually adopt it the right way and, uh, show how it is being done to the uh, to their peers so maybe that that is when the conception of uh, nfts would change and actually not probably you know have the term nft used at all maybe the twitter the next twitter space that we have we're just going to be saying virtual assets digital collectibles 
3D fashion items. So that is when it would all change. Yeah, I don't know what I'm going to do with the name of the show then. So I hope that that's a little while away from now because we'll have to do a completely rebrand. Um, so the last question before I open the room for questions. So audience, do slide into the Adlunum Twitter handle DMs if you want yours answered. I see that there's a whole list already, so I'm very eager to get to that point. Uh, Subham, what is your philosophy about Web3 changing lives? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm sure, it, uh, I mean, uh, talking about what Web3 is, how it's already changed lives. We're talking about like, um, you know, just like me, a lot of other gamers have realized that, you know, the assets they own in the Web2 space is not really theirs. Uh, the kind of voice that they can have inside of Web3, uh, the kind of opinion that they can do is it's all changing, especially a lot for digital artists. Um, so it all started with when there was this royalties, the creator fees, where digital artists could actually make, uh, you know, make, on, make, you know, have an income on an ongoing basis. And I, I feel the Web3 space is, is where the creator economy is going to boom and where we really don't have to work a 9 to 5 job and really work for a big corporate maybe where you could just you could just have a computer today you can be from any third world city all you need is a good internet connection and you can make your living out of it yeah 100% agreed i mean i have been working in the digital world not just web3 since i think 2012 and really to see this explosion of people whereas before i remember in the beginning, when you used to tell people that you work remotely, there was this confused look on their face, like, what does it even mean? Of course, COVID was really the thing that came along and made it very popular for people to work remotely. But really just the shift of, and I think especially in Web3, where it genuinely doesn't matter where you are from. You could as easily be from the US as you are from any third world country in the world, and your opportunities, yes, of course, depending on the country you are from, for sure you by default have more possi possibilities and opportunities than other people. But I've never seen an industry that's as much of an equalizer from, for people from all different backgrounds, whether you have XYZ, whether you don't. It's a truly democratizing space to be in. But on that note, let me see. I have a really long list of questions. Um, what is your take on cultural outfits picking up in the Web3 space, like saris or designer hijabs? And this is by Laura. Thank you, Laura. Well, that's a beautiful question. And uh, I must share about this project that uh, was at the concept stage, but it never uh, became uh, it, it never it was never realized but there was this project we were working with a Chinese traditional designer where uh, the, the way that she did her hand embroidery it was dated like centuries back and uh, what the idea of that project was to with digital fashion we kind of document the process of the hand embroidery by using a haptic glove and this would basically save it as a file on the computer. Because today, the, the, the workmanship, the craftsmanship that is involved in creating such traditional styles 
which are like there are millions we i mean you look at china you look at india there are millions of different handcrafted traditional styles which are completely lost and uh, i would definitely love to do something about it if there's this person uh, in your dms who would love to like maybe has a project to it i'd love to speak to them and have something done with regarding it because i've been looking for an avenue where i can really help uh, traditional fashion you know come up and be there forever in the space so yes coming back to the answer the web3 space is of course going to help this 3d file be online forever so that this practice is never lost and probably can be used tomorrow by schools and teach the students how to use such practice by you know again using that haptic glove or demonstrating live how the original craftsmen used to do it maybe they had this masterclass even after 100 years Wow, yeah, the possibilities of things like this are endless. And on another note, I think this is my official entry point into Future of NFT's guest matchmaking because we had another guest on the show, Crypto Shakti. She's one of the NFT artist OGs. She started really early in the in the NFT art space. And I know that she has worked on projects where not necessarily fashion-based, but preserving the a cultural heritage of India, especially in terms of, um, yeah, m- maybe not directly fashion, but really just the the different cultures in India and how they express themselves through art. So I think I should hook the two of you up and then, you know, at your business wedding, you can tell the audience that it was me. I always like getting credit for happy endings. So next question, what, according to you, makes hot selling fashion in the metaverse Uh, and who is this okay this is i can't pronounce (laughs) it's very difficult to pronounce your username i'm so sorry i can't even try um so what are the top selling fashion items or styles in the metaverse well there's a simple answer to this clothes that don't exist (laughs) clothes that you cannot probably produce in the physical world clothes that defy gravity that's like on fire because i mean everybody wants a unique expression inside 3d worlds because the possibilities of ways you can express yourself is enormous and uh, imagination is just the limit but of course pixel counts and the poly counts are also a limit that's another subject but yes imagination is just the limit you can do a lot more with it. And uh, of course, the hottest selling outfits are the clothes that cannot exist in the real world. So I, if my team is listening to this, I hope they are watching out because now that I know what's trendy and that I am already trending in the metaverse without even realizing it, I'm going to go on your website and I'm going to go have a look. What can I get on there that's going to make me stand out even more? But you know, it's funny, speaking of your website, I had a look at it and the first thing that came up for me, and again, here I'm really giving my age away, is I used to play paper dolls. And when I saw that, I was like, oh my God, this really is like playing paper dolls where, you know, you have this paper doll, then you have different outfits and you dress them up and dress them down. And it's just so amazing, this evolution of the non-technology expression of how we want to you know, style and really just dress things up. And now to bring this idea into this world where, I mean, having company meetings in the metaverse, you have to wear something. So you might as well wear something that, you know, dazzles. 
Um, so, yes, I think this, this is an amazing question. Thank you so, so much for this, uh, Fashika. I hope I'm saying your name correctly. Will control of an avatar allow for any body type? Or do you think there will be more body shaming in the metaverse? So what are your thoughts on body shaming in the metaverse? Will people, I assume, be dressing up for their own bodies? Or will they feel the pressure to perhaps, you know, look a certain way according to what other people would want them to look like? Very good question. Thank you. I would say they won't bat an eye. Like, I mean, in the real world, probably you wear a duck costume and roam around. People are just going to like be looking and staring at you. But, you know, nobody's going to bat an eye in the metaverse. It's it's just about how unique you are and you're beautiful. Like, so, and expression, self-expression is like, super, I mean, it's, it's, it's freedom. It's, you can explore yourself even better. There is, there is no, um, I mean, it is sad, but I'm saying this, like, of course, real world, there are maybe, maybe, of course, people don't really, uh, are. you can, you, people don't freely express themselves, but uh, in the virtual worlds, they're able to do so because they feel safe there. And it, it is the sad truth. Hopefully, our real world also translates like that. But yes, there is not going to be any kind of, I mean, at least for as far as what I know. Um, I mean, I, I go around like during Metaverse Fashion Week, I had this beautiful pink dress with like fur on my boobs and I was just like roaming around the Metaverse and nobody like nobody questioned it. Nobody, you know, asked anything about it. So, yeah, it is it's it was fun. It, I loved it. Yeah, I think that is such an important point you are touching on because we were laughing recently when we had a company meet and, you know, when the platform then automatically generates your outfit for you or even your avatar for you, some of our male team members ended up showing up as women and even women of other religions. And it was just such a fascinating thing to see that you really are able almost in a sense to experiment with being other people and what I'm thinking of now is perhaps this will even highlight certain biases that people have because I can imagine, you know, as perhaps a man in real life, you don't, not, not you specifically, I mean men in general, don't always experience the same kind of treatment that a woman does. But I read uh, in some um, write-up that someone did of the metaverse when they were in the metaverse as a woman, how much extra attention they got. So even just aspects like these, where you are able to express yourself in any direction, it might really bring to light the biases that people have towards certain groups. And perhaps that's even something that, you know, as a metaverse user, we can all play around with and see how we are being perceived by people, depending on who we are in that moment. But I mean, the cool thing is you can always change who you are. So in real life, if you don't like your hair, it's going to be quite difficult to get different hair. But I mean, in the metaverse, you can really just play it up and play around with how you express yourself and also learn to be comfortable, perhaps in a way that is not so easy in real life. Because there is this sense of separation when you are in a virtual world that you perhaps don't take things as seriously or as personally. So, that could also, I mean, I can even envision a future where people have, you know, some kind of therapy session in the metaverse, for example, if you think of body dysmorphia, et cetera. 
But completely different topic. I see that we are running out of time, as always. I don't know why time is so much against me on this show. Uh, I'll try to get at least one more question in. What are fu- what are the future plans? Any fashion show? So I presume XR Couture. Do you have any new fashion shows upcoming? And even if people can participate or get involved in some way, let us know. Well, we actually have a lot in store that's coming up. Uh, we have, uh, I mean, of course, with all the metaverse partnerships and the different places that you can wear the same design. I mean, I always tell brands that, uh, okay, like if in real world, you're selling an outfit to your, uh, you know, to your end user who can literally wear it anywhere, right? I mean, there's no restriction. You don't restrict them to wear it to this particular boundary. Like you don't let them just, you know, restrict like, okay, you can wear it only in your house. But if once you get out of it, you need to change it. That's not the case. So I, I tell them, like, why do it in the 3D world? So why sell them an outfit that they can wear it only on one game or one metaverse platform? Why not sell an outfit that can be worn across all of these platforms? So that is the question that I've asked a lot of these fashion brands and they're curious to what we are building. And uh, that's something that we are coming up with pretty soon. Uh, you can expect it pretty soon. And of course, all of these snippets can be uh, can be gotten with our inaugural project which is the meta drip and uh, we promise our holders that it's going to be the most awarding utility driven project where uh, even if we let's say we have multiple partnerships with metaverse platforms this is where you can expect it to happen and probably be the most interoperable fashion garment you would have ever owned in your life so yes that's that's next for us and uh, yes you can definitely expect to wear this garment in across web and web three. when i say web 2 it can also be roblox minecraft zapito all of these platforms that you see out there exciting time so i'm going to pose one final question from patrizio and i think this is advice that i also personally would like to hear so please make sure you even include the older ones of us in the audience um i'm not that old guys i'm just kidding please don't think of me as too old um, what, according to you, makes the right fashion statement, both in the metaverse and out, especially for artists and designers? Well, that's a philosophical end to this beautiful conversation. So, I mean, I would say this, uh, I mean, of course, whatever that makes you feel comfortable. I mean, at the end of the day, fashion is uh, self-expression. So it really defines your identity, who you are, whether in real life or virtual worlds. So whatever you wear is your identity. So today I wear a physical garment, which is just a black T-shirt and blue jean, because that is whom I like to be seen as in the real world. And uh, in the virtual world, if I want to wear like a pink outfit with uh, clouds all around me, that's how I want to be in the virtual world. So, yeah, I, I guess I hope this helps the answer. Lovely. That's a new level of freedom. And I think we are just at a beautiful place in society's evolution where we are able to experiment with these kind of concepts in such an easy way. I mean, really just switch on your computer and there you go. You're wearing a pink dress with clouds around you. Now, that brings us, unfortunately, to the end of today's show. Subham, I look forward, like I can't even tell you, to seeing you around the digital world specifically because I think you are going to look absolutely fabulous every time I see you. 
But please warn me in advance because I should also dress up extra sparkly so you don't catch me with my PJs on. Uh, how can listeners stay up to date with what you guys are up to? Well, I actually just made a post about this on LinkedIn today. So, yeah, and my answer was again LinkedIn. So it was like, okay, I mean, kind of different to the question, but it was like, you know, how do you generally get stay updated with all the Web3 and the fashion news that's happening? I mean, there's so many things happening. So I just follow the right people. I just follow, you know, whom I feel like give the best news. And there are many good people on LinkedIn, uh, not on Twitter, but on LinkedIn that post really good content that, you know, talk about the best of the best uh, collaboration news, tech developments happening. And I just made a LinkedIn post about it today. The people that whom I follow and uh, who appear on my feed the most. So that's that's the place. And of course, anything about Exacuteo, it's... Uh, uh, you can follow my personal account on LinkedIn. That's where I'm most active on. Twitter, not really. It's only when there are spaces happening such as these. And uh, of course, the Exacuteo pages all across wherever you're comfortable, either Discord, Twitter, Instagram. We just make sure that, you know, we post con- content and uh, yeah, translate our ideas on all of these social media platforms. I love that you're giving a shout out to LinkedIn because that's also where I get most of my news. Uh, it used to be Facebook and now definitely even even as uncool as I am, even I can't find my news there anymore. And yeah, Twitter can be a bit much at times. So LinkedIn is like that midway point where it's not too much. It's not too little. It's, you know, it's just right. Um, I guess, especially as you say, if you follow the right people. So to our lovely audience, thank you guys so much for tuning in. It is always an absolute privilege to have you spend an hour out of your week with us. And we will catch you again next week for another episode of the Future of NFTs brought to you by Adlunum. But in the meantime, go dress yourself up in the metaverse and send us your virtual photos. Cheers, guys. And to Bum, thank you so, so much. Looking forward to what's coming next. Thank you so much. I had a, I mean, the one of the past one hour was like, it just, it just flew for me and it was beautiful. One of the best conversations I've ever had. Thank you so much for having me here tonight. Likewise, I look forward to speaking to you again. Cheers, everyone. You've been listening to the future of NFTs. Subscribe to this podcast on your favorite streaming platform like Spotify or iTunes. Connect with AdLunum on Twitter at AdLunum Inc. or our website, adlunum.cc.